This is Conducting Business, WQXR's show about the classical music industry. For more than a year, the Minnesota Orchestra labor dispute loomed large over the American orchestral landscape. One of the country's most respected orchestras was stuck in a lockout, and not even George Mitchell, who brokered a truce in Northern Ireland, could bring musicians and management together. But last week came the sudden news of a three-year deal in Minnesota with concerts scheduled to resume on February 7th. To tell us what went down, here is Graydon Royce, classical music critic of the Minneapolis Star Tribune, who has chronicled this dispute every step of the way. So the bottom line, it's a three-year contract that cuts base pay by 15%, which is much less than the 30 to 40% that management had been asking for. Did you see this agreement coming? Well, you know, one of the things that seems kind of sad about this is that there are a lot of people who say, why couldn't they have gotten that deal earlier? It was talked about informally, uh, off the record, in personal conversations, that uh, that was a number that might be achievable but nobody felt that, that they just could not make it work for whatever reasons. So when it came down that it was 15%, my first reaction was that that's a deal that probably was sitting around for a while. So what was the sticking point that finally came unstuck? I think that uh, they got different personalities involved. Uh, I also think that there was a huge fatigue factor that musicians had been locked out for 15 months. The board had suffered a lot of public relations damage, and I think that uh, everyone involved was just exhausted. And I think that there were some key conversations that happened off the record uh, at the end of November and early December that got things unstuck. So it was mainly the change in parties negotiating? Yeah. I mean, a couple of musicians went and talked to a longtime board member that they knew who had been a former chairman of the board and just said, hey, what, help us out here. What can we do? And this board member, you know, told them, I can't negotiate. I'm not authorized to do so. But let me go talk to the board chair and let me see if we can't do something here. We've got to get this thing going. It's time for this to be over. Um, and this guy had a lot of uh, influence with both sides, a lot of trust with both sides, and was able to deliver a message both to musicians and to the board that it's time to move this thing to conclusion. Now, as I understand it, the initial dispute was triggered by a $5 million deficit. To me, $5 million is a lot of money, but in the greater scheme of large budgets, this is a relatively small amount of money. How did they get so hung up on that? Well, there was a deficit of uh, 2.9 million, and then there was a deficit in the la- in 2012 of 6 million. And the budget was about uh, 30 million, so maybe 20 percent of the budget. You know, it's a interesting situation here. Uh, I, I think the Twin Cities has a reputation as being very artistic, has a strong uh, philanthropic background. And the fact of the uh, the matter is, there is a strong philanthropic background. I think that that is changing, as it is in many cities, as you see the generation of great people who um, you see their names all over town. Um, That generation is kind of going away, and it has been replaced with a, a different approach, I think, to the arts and philanthropy. And it's a much tougher environment to run a, a nonprofit right now. So there's a lot of work now to be done to recover from the last 15 months, work on both sides. 
Can anything be learned from the Detroit Symphony or other orchestras that have gone through labor crises? I think so. I, I think Detroit is actually really instructive. Uh, Detroit really got back at it and really got serious. They got out into the communities. They got out and did a lot of concerts basically intended to repair the personal capital, to meet the the people that you know, support the orchestra. I think it's instructive that they recently they announced a balanced budget for their last fiscal year, and they've also just in the last week announced that they settled their subsequent contract from the strike year. They settled uh, eight months early. Something must be working there. But I think the key is that somehow the social fabric between management and the musicians has to be repaired, and that's a big, big question here, whether that can happen. How about the fabric between the orchestra and its donors and the audience? Yeah, that's going to be a <laughs> that's a piece of fabric too. There is still some residual angriness in the community, um, and there are people that Towards. have written letters to the editor who say that uh, you know we'll come and see the players because we like the players, but I'm not donating to the orchestra anymore. If they like the players, why not donate to the orchestra? Well, that's um, that's a great question, and it's uh, one that I think people have to work with. I mean, there was one letter that uh, a gentleman suggested that he would give money to a, a separate organization that would funnel money directly to the musicians, and that, that has a little bit of traction with the folks who supported the musicians during the lockout. So there, there are a few things going on where you kind of have uh, the residual effects of of a 15-month war, and it's hard to turn away from immediately. But you have a, an orchestra that is still kind of mad at itself, I guess. I think players are still mad at management. I think management is still mad at players. Donors are mad at the management. Donors are mad at the board. The board is mad at donors. I well, let's hope that gonna... music hath charms to soothe all of them. And yeah. the big question, what about Osmovenska? Is he gone for good as music director, or any chance that he'll come back? I think there's a chance that he'll come back. I think that there, that's a really complicated question that's going to have to deal with personalities. I think that there are certainly board members who did not feel that Vanska was a uh, perfect soldier during the lockout, that he uh, should not have made kind of a public ruckus, um, that he would quit if there was not a deal by October 1st of last year. They felt a little bit undermined by that. At the same time, I think that he also really felt personally hurt that this thing went on for so long and that he was put in that. He felt that he was put in that position where he had to stand up and and say something. So I think that there are personal relationships there that will have a huge impact on whether everybody can somehow take a deep breath and say that for the good of the organization, for the good of the orchestra, for the good of the music here, we have to make this work out. It's going to be really complicated. If he does not come back, are there any other possible candidates or a timeline for filling the job? I don't know enough about uh, possible candidates, but I think that the board would probably want to take some time and maybe shoot for having somebody, if it's at all possible, by the beginning of uh, next season in the orchestra world. That can be kind of a quick turnaround. Yes. So on February 7th, the orchestra is playing a concert in 
a shiny new hall. Yeah. It's a beautiful place. They haven't actually performed in the renovated hall yet, have they? They have not. They have not been in there. The 5th, I think, on Wednesday the 5th is the first time that they'll go in there to rehearse. So that will be a uh, pretty emotional day, I would imagine, Uh, as I'm sure it will be. And there are real questions on whether they're letting anybody in there to observe that day. Can I safely assume that if they are, you will be there? Yeah, I'll be there if they if they say yes. My hunch is that um, they will say no, that they want that data themselves. But you'll be there on the 7th. Oh, I'll definitely be there on the 7th, yeah. Well, yeah. we will definitely check back in with you to see how things are going with the Minnesota yeah. Orchestra. Thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you. This has been Conducting Business with Graydon Royce, classical music critic of the Minneapolis Star Tribune. Brian Weiss is our producer. I'm Naomi Lewin. Thanks for listening.